Welcome to the F the Glitter podcast, the podcast that is centered around highlighting women of color in the world of graphic design, brand design, and marketing strategy. I am your host, Ashley of A. Louise Creative, and today I have the honor of having April Grant as a guest with us. April is the host of The Other Side of 40, a podcast that amplifies voices of women over 40 to make positive changes in their lives, and she's a social media marketer and business coach. So April, tell us a little bit about, not a little bit, tell us a lot of bit about how awesome you are. <laughs> Actually, I'm pretty awesome. No. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. So I've had a, a lot of my experience actually came on the ground. So I started a blog. Uh, my daughter is almost nine. So nine years ago, mm-hmm. a little before she was born, I started a blog. And I had that fake misconception uh, or I had that misconception that all you do is write a blog and then people come running because they do a search and they will find you and they will love you. Yeah, and yeah. that's wrong. <laughs> as, as my my blog sat pretty dormant and quiet with not a viewer for weeks. I mean, a random person here and there, but not anything of any substance. <laughs> and it certainly wasn't growing. I started digging into how do I make this more successful mm-hmm. and it's gone through waves because I started technically as a mommy blogger so mommy bloggers have kind of their own way of picking up steam I should say mm-hmm. so it's a lot of give and take back and forth blog hops mm-hmm. and just ways to expose your site to new people Mm-hmm. So there's no like, there, there's no guarantee it'll take off. It's just exposure. Mm-hmm. And after I did that for a little bit, I realized it was not, I don't think I was hitting my target market. Mm-hmm. The other problem I had was I love my kids and I didn't mind being quote unquote in the mommy blogger space, but I realized I don't really like talking about them like that much. Right. <laughs> so it was hard for me to really come up with like compelling articles to write because even though I found my kids interesting, I'm not sure, I'm not one of those moms who are like, everything my kid does is interesting, or I'm going to take an interesting spin to it. So it took me a little while to kind of figure out what I wanted to do. And so my website has gone from a fitness blog to a mommy blog, to a just a regular blog, to a, a um, now it's more business oriented. Okay. I'm actually doing a revamp of my blog right now. And basically over the last three years, I've worked a lot more in marketing, just helping other people boost their numbers, get more consistent business. And I worked, I actually worked at a firm in last year until COVID that was specifically geared towards marketing and helping businesses grow. Okay. So I did that for someone else or with someone else until COVID. And then now I'm doing it by myself. Cool. So that's what's up. So this is definitely a full-time gig for you. Like this is not some little side diddly. Okay. I'm going to just make a few dollars. Like, no, this is how we eat type situation. Right. Right. Well, when I started, it was more of that. It was more of the kind of the side thing. And 
that was honestly, I had two babies at home. So I needed enough to keep the blog alive and get my nails done. Right. (laughs) (laughs) That was it. Right. Uh, But in the last year, it's really taken a a turn for the better where it is actually paying real bills. Mm -hmm. So far during COVID, we've managed to up the income to pay off four bills now. That's what's up. So we've been, well, we're also very diligent in making sure that's where the money goes because we don't know how how long this COVID is going to last. Right. We want to make sure that we end up better at the end. Right. But yeah, so I just started, when I left the previous firm, I just started talking to people Mm. and businesses and making, really making the right connections of people who can refer me people. Right. So I, yeah, networking. Mm. So I started working with one co-working space that's local here. Mm -hmm. And so if you are familiar with what co-working is or not, um, a co-working space is just kind of a place where you can hang your shingle, you know, put your name up on a temporary basis or a short term, short term basis. So you're not tied into like a long term lease. Mm-hmm. You can often get a street address instead of a PO box. Mm-hmm. There's meeting space often. Um, and each co-working space is very different. Some of them have just a couple of rooms. Some of them are flush. Like a lot of the bigger ones have, you know, maybe 40 offices that you can rent. But the one that I'm working with, is just a small little shop and she's got a few, she's got some community desks and things like that. Mm-hmm. So anyway, I'm working with her to expand the co-working space okay. and word out, you know, so she can have a viable business. Right. And in that, she's been referring me people to help other people do the same thing. Well, that works. That, that's pretty much how it works. So what would you say are like your favorite type of projects or your favorite type of clients to work with when it comes to marketing and strategy? I don't really have a favorite. I actually like diversity. So I like doing a lot of different things because I think it really stretches my creativity and it stretches my knowledge base because almost every time I'll probably have to learn something new, which I like. I like learning something new. I like being able to expand my repertoire. Now, client, one who can pay. (laughs) Yes. Yes, you got to pay me. Yes. And one is, one is, someone who is actually very communicative. Mm-hmm. I do not mind the regular communication with me and a client. That does not mean I will answer you 24 seven. I just, <laughs> but I do appreciate that if there's something on your mind, you just express it mm-hmm. as opposed to saying, oh, I don't like what she's doing and not saying anything. Right. So I, so far so good. It's been good. That's what's up. So what would you say is the most important step that you took when you left that firm and finally decided I'm going to do this for real, but, you know, on my own, what would you say was that one important step that you took when you finally jumped, when you finally took that leap? Being ready and comfortable to let other people know what you do. So in this time, like I have a, a real estate license as well. And one of their classes is don't be a secret agent. Mm-hmm. And the whole thought process is behind that is people just kind of assume that other people know what you do. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't really matter what field it is, but there's kind of just this underlining assumption that 
I know April, therefore I know what she does. And that is not true. A lot of people (laughs) will know you and have not a clue what you do. Right. So it's your responsibility to make sure you are talking to people and telling them who you are as a business owner. Right. What do you do? And I really help people develop their elevator pitch. Okay. And in that is making sure that they know who their customer is. Mm -hmm. So figuring out their customer avatar, which is who is your best customer. So even though I joke about, you know, someone who can buy, um, it's a really important step because a lot of us, especially people in the black community want to quote unquote, help other people. Mm -hmm. And, but those people may or may not be the people who can afford your product or service. Right. And you need to be okay with that. I've worked with two clients now who are like, I really want to, you know, do my floral arrangements or my decor for the black community. And it's like, yeah, but your price point is like kind of high and yeah, you're going to get a few. I'm not going to say, you know, none of us got money. Right. But <laughs> the, the area specifically that they're marketing to like physical location doesn't have that kind of money. So it's really thinking about the demographics of your client, how old they are, uh, what do they look like? Are they, you know, African-American? Are they white? Or does race not matter? And it's more of an income thing, Mm -hmm. which income gets in a weird way because Facebook likes to block you using (laughs) income variations. But I don't know why, if you want to make sure people can buy your product. Right. Like, I'm, I'm a luxury jeweler, and I need to speak to people who going to buy luxury jewelry. So exactly. I, I don't know how much they make if I need them to afford what I'm selling. Right. <laughs> I, I don't need someone who makes $15 an hour. That's not going to, they're not going to buy my product. They may like it, but they're not going to buy it. No. Um, but, you know, that's side side note. Hold on. Um, <laughs> But uh, yeah, during when I help with the elevator pitch, I really talk about making sure you know who your your target client is mm. so you can express it to someone else mm. so they can keep that in their mind as well. So one of the conversations that I had with the co-working owner was specifically, you know, she works with visionaries and what she instead of small business owners. So she wor- wants to work with people who have dream big and are going for it. She doesn't want to work with just, you know, someone who decided to open a business today and, you know, they don't care that they, they treat it more as a hobby. Okay. Because those people aren't going to be consistent in using her services. Right. They'll drop in, they'll drop out. She wants someone who's going to be there and be there long-term. All the time. Right. So I know that about what she has. So when I come across somebody or yeah, about her services. When I come across somebody who needs those services, I go, I got the perfect place for you. Mm-hmm. And then when someone comes to her about marketing and design, mm-hmm. she comes to me. She's like, I got the person for you. And so we're very clear about who our target demographic is. And it makes it so much easier to grow. Mm-hmm. Um, because if you just say, I'm in graphic design, First of all, most people don't know what that means. Yeah, they think it means virtual assistant. Okay, so you just started something here because <laughs> Lord have mercy, Jesus. People are like, yeah, I need somebody who can make a logo and I need uh, a website. I'm like, all right, cool. You know, I can help you with that, but you got to get your coins together. But then they're like, yeah, so can you help me with my email sequence? And I need social media posts. Whoa, 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 time out. Uh-uh. <laughs> Hold on. I don't do that. <laughs> I don't. 
I can set up the template so that your posts look nice and pretty, but right. I don't post stuff. I don't. Coming up with content, it's not my wheelhouse. Like, I don't do all that. I design right. it. I design yeah. it. That's yeah. it. But then people want VAs who do graphic design. It's like, no. No. The VA job is to make sure that the posts get out and that there's stuff on the post. The graphic designer designs the post and designs yeah. all your other marketing collateral. We don't do everything. Now, for some people, I do because we've developed a relationship where it's like, I love you and I'm going to do that for you because I know you and I know you're going to pay. But I'm not a VA. No. <laughs> like, no. But I, it, that's a lot. You know what I mean? Like, a lot of people don't realize, like, graphic design is not just, oh, I need a $50 logo. Like, do you realize the value associated with a logo? Like, a real logo, whether, no matter how simple it may look on the outside, there's a lot of research, there's a lot of time, there's a lot of drafts, there's a lot of stuff that you didn't even see before I presented you with anything that costs. And that is why a logo costs $1,000, because... It took a lot of time to put together that concept, a lot of research, a lot of hit miss, a lot of market research that came into play before you even saw my proof for you to look at. Like, there's all kinds of scratch and sketches that I got over here that nobody will ever see because I thought they were trash because they don't fit your target market. Right. Um, cool. But yeah, that's that's it. Like, you're a graphic designer, so... But explaining it, saying that those terms don't always, it doesn't resonate with everyone. Right. So when you're hearing someone start talking about what they need, if they start talking more about what a logo, they need a logo and a website design and graphic templates created, mm-hmm. then you know Ashley is a place to go. Right. If you are talking more about, I need email assistance and all this other stuff, then you know there's a VA and you need, there's somebody else you need to refer. Right. So being very clear about what those are for you makes it, helps other people tell you as well. Right. So what would you say was your most enjoyable project or your most enjoyable client to date? Like the one that really got you like, I did do it. Yes. Okay. So I told you before that I like challenges. Mm-hmm. So I I do gra- I do do some graphic design, but for I'll be honest, most of my graphic design work is Canva based. <laughs> you know, I it's don't a, on Canva. I, no, I'm just, <laughs> I'm just it's just simple. It's simple. Um, I grew up. I've been doing graphic design literally since I was twelve. Okay. But I started back when um, you actually had to color separate. Mm-hmm. So when you sent something to print, you had to color separate everything physically. Mm-hmm. And um, so that's how long I've been doing it. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> so that moved into publisher. I did publisher for a very long time. I held on to that as long as I could. <laughs> um, and then, you know, Photoshop came out. And I was just like, this just seems like a super complicated version of publisher. And I don't know if I really want to learn this. Mm -hmm. So Canva came out. I was like, great. I don't have to learn it. (laughs) (laughs) I just kept going, which has served me well. Don't get me wrong. It served me well. But with my previous firm, a nonprofit wanted to put together a magazine Mm -hmm. um, to to be the culmination of some work they were doing. Mm -hmm. And... It was in InDesign. I've never used InDesign. I didn't know what InDesign was. I had never really heard of InDesign. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, I knew it was an Adobe product. Mm-hmm. But I did not know anything about it or how to use it. Right. 
So I was excited. I was, in the beginning, I was super nervous because I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know how to do this. I feel like there's so many extra steps instead of just inserting, right click, insert. Now I got to click over here and click this box. And mm-hmm. So, and then I put the book together and everybody loved it. Like everybody was like, oh my gosh, this is so good. I'm, you need to do it next year. Um, when we have a, we're, they host an annual like uh, grant uh, they mm-hmm. give grants to the community. He's like, you need to do it next year. This is so good. You love how people volunteer you for stuff. And you'd be like, I, I just did this one time. Like, I wasn't trying to make it an everyday thing. Like, hold on. <laughs> Other clients started coming in. Hey, you want it? we want a book like that, too. I'm like, mm, this took a lot of work. And right. don't get me wrong, it was fun. Um, and I will probably do it for the same organization again. Um, I have... I do have more understanding of what parameters I need mm-hmm. because, you know, actually laying it out, we, cause our firm actually takes pictures, which also, it, it was a, it is a photography firm as well. Okay. And some people submitted their own photos instead of his photos because they didn't hire a professional photographer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, you never know how, how people take pictures of things until you get an assignment like this mm-hmm. all these grant awardees and like half of them have pictures of the food mm-hmm. in, in cases in <laughs> i'm like you didn't even like try it's like you just someone walked in put the food down and took a picture <laughs> yeah i was like you didn't even like take the covers off and make it all pretty and yep so, um, but that was fun. It was fun to find everything. But once I got in the groove, it was, you know, I got it, got it done. And it was nice. This was it. So, how had we see? So, business has been pretty good for you since March. I remember you said at the beginning, like things, you know, you were, well, this is before we started recording that you were, you know, you've been in the house since COVID, we've been on punishment since March and um, you haven't really been listening to a lot of podcasts but at the same time you haven't really had a lot of time because you've been working like you've had clientele so how would you describe your style when working with a new client or working with a client that you had for a while like how would they how would you say that they read you or how do you present yourself you know like what, what is your what's your flavor I guess that's the best way to say it I come from an education standpoint okay. so Whatever I can do to help them be more self-sufficient, mm-hmm. I do. And I understand that doing that means they may not come back to me in the future because there's certain things that they'll be able to do on their own. Mm-hmm. But sometimes it's those little things that it's just more of a frustration than anything, than money. So mm-hmm. I like to come at it with, I'm going to educate you on how to do this and therefore you can do it. And when you want to make a change, because if someone wants to change a color in a, you know, in a document and I put it in Canva for them, I just go, I show them how to change the colors. And then that way they're not coming back to me asking me, you know, I really don't like that blue. Can I get a different blue? I really don't like that. I like this. And which is fine if that, if it was a consistent thing, but typically when you have little changes like that, those are like random out of the blue things and now I gotta charge you for doing that and it's like 15 minutes worth of work but I gotta charge you for it right and I, I just personally I'm not I don't really feel great about charging for that but then it's my time so I can't 
say right. it's more of a deal because I have to stop other money making opportunities or other things to do the LB. Right. LB. So I try to teach as much as I can, especially the basic stuff. Like I said, color changes, how to, like, if you're doing a graphic template, how do you drop a new picture in? Right. I already created the template. Here's how you drop it in. in. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. Stuff like that. So what helped you the most when honing in on your niche? Talking about it and presenting it to other people. Okay. Because the more I talked about it and explained what I wanted to do, Mm -hmm. actually, there were some things that I didn't want to do. (laughs) What I realized I didn't want to do. I thought I wanted to do a lot more handholding. I thought I wanted to do a lot more coaching and accountability mm-hmm. but especially in the season with the kids home mm-hmm. I just don't know if I have the bandwidth to do that right and um, so I'd rather create like little trainings of here you go and this is what you do so I'm actually leaning more into a consulting phase where okay. I can give you what you need mm-hmm. teach you through it mm-hmm. and then you handle it and right. you come back to me if you have questions, but I realize right now I just don't have the bandwidth to the handhold and that, to handhold people. Right. So, and I realize that after talking to people, and you know, and getting clients, mm-hmm. <laughs> clients based on what I said, and then when I'm doing it, I'm like, this is not what I wanted to do. Gotcha. And so the next client has different. My my customer avatar is still forming. It's getting n- nichier and nichier. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Nichier and nichier. Nichier and nichier. Oh. But yeah, it's just trial and error. Mm-hmm. Everything about business is trial and error. Mm-hmm. And you will mess up. You will get clients that you don't like. You will undercharge clients because you thought it was only going to be, you know, six hours and it ended up being 12 hours. and. Mm-hmm. that's just the way the ball bounces but the key is to keep going because if you just say I got to have everything perfect then that your name isn't getting out there at all during this time because all you're doing is you're just working you're just working you're just working yeah so we have moved from the serious businessy part now we're moving on to the fun part the random question yay yay so, like last time, although I'm pretty sure it's in the other recording, like, since it's fresh, I'd rather have it all together in one little compact little bun here. So, like, what what is your favorite food? Because the whole point of this podcast is not just to introduce women of color who are graphic designers, marketing specialists, brand strategists, and coaches, but to so we can get to know each other. Because, like, you know, the whole, the angry black woman or angry color woman, that it's like... No, like, I really like sunshine and rainbows. You just looked at me while the sun was in my eyes and I was grimacing. It's not the same thing. So right. I want them to get to know you, April, so that they'll like you, so that I'd be like, oh, I need to give her my money so she can help me grow my business. So yeah. what kind of food do you like? I saw a meme that describes it the best. <laughs> so um, I was, you know, Facebook is great for memes and okay. Instagram. It's great for memes. And my friend's husband posted this this one where it says the reason women don't tell you what they really want to eat uh-huh. is because it's a little bit from everywhere. And of course it was much funnier when it was said. Right. But it was 
you want the fries from McDonald's. I want a slice of pizza from Gratiano's. I want <laughs> a chicken wing from the Wingstop. Yeah. Uh, I want some naan from the Indian place. Yeah. <laughs> and so you kind of just, I like good food. Okay. All good food. Uh, any given day, you I, there's probably a dozen different things that will satisfy my palate. Every once in a while, I'll get a craving or a hankering. Mm-hmm. Normally, it's around my cycle, and normally mm-hmm. it's repeat. But other than that, I'm good to go. I like, I just like it to taste good and me mm-hmm. to enjoy. It. Okay, that's, and more, to it. that's the most PR publicly correct answer I have ever heard. <laughs> It's true. It's true. Like, I, but I add it on. Like, as long as I don't have to cook it, that's the key. Like, See, there we go. Right someone there. else cooks it. I don't want to have to fix it. I don't want to fix it. Although I just recently figured out how to make fried rice. Like, how to do it right. Oh, okay. We and just want to. I have to keep myself under control to keep myself from making fried rice every night now because it's like I know how to do it now. Yay! Because you know, sad to say, around here Chinese food is terrible, and. You know, I'm from D.C., so I live down here in Louisiana. So, like, we got carryout back home, and the carryout is the truth. Down yeah. here, it's... Oh. No, we went... <laughs> my husband and I took, like, kind of an overnight trip during COVID just mm-hmm. to break away, you know, being in the house with the, the kids. It's a, it's a lot. So we went to the other coast. So I'm in... Uh, I'm on the east coast of Florida, so we went oh. to the west coast. And we went to a restaurant that had four stars for Chinese food. So I'm expecting at least, no, for Mexican food, not Chinese, for Mexican. Some burritos better be right. <laughs> Girl, I'm, I love nachos and I can devour some nachos. I got through about a third of the way and I was like, I can't eat anymore. He's like, you want to keep them? I was like, because normally I'll even keep them and, you know, warm them up the next day. I was like, no, <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm not finishing this. This can just go right outside into the trash. That is terrible. It was. Oh. It was. Bad. So to follow that up, do you partake in spirits and libations? I do. I do. So what, what is your favorite cocktail? Um, I'm pretty basic. Uh, vodka cranberry is a staple. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I keep it simple. Um, it's easy to make. There's not mm-hmm. a lot of steps. See, I don't like all that other stuff. I don't like the cooking. I'm like, again, I would love a professional bartender in the house. (laughs) But I can enjoy a good Moscow mule. Okay. I used to be a margarita girl, but that's been a while. So Mm -hmm. I haven't really taken a tequila lately. So normally a vodka. Tequila? I can't do tequila anymore. Like, I don't think my my metabolism can handle tequila anymore. Like, there's this drink that my aunt used to do. It's a... um, it's tequila with Sprite and lime juice. Hmm. And the way she makes it is like, it tastes like you're just drinking Sprite. But if you drink like two of them, you like, oh, the sun is really shining today. Like, that's, you know, you own it, right? Right. I, I, I can't do, I can't stomach it anymore. I went to a wedding. It was a Cinco de Mayo wedding. Mm-hmm. And yeah, there was a portion of the wedding where the song came on tequila, and the bride's sister and her brother in law was running around with the bottle and just doing this to people. Like, just run. And after that night, I was kind of like, yeah, I can't do tequila no more. Like, no. I, I can't, I can't do it. I, I was like the only person who drank it growing up. And now I can't, now that everybody else is getting into tequilas, getting mm-hmm. into the Patron and the. 
I'm like, no, nah, I'm good. <laughs> so this is a totally random question. It's not even a thing. I see a lot of crystals behind you. Are you into oh. crystals or are those just pretty? Those are my handmade creations, necklaces. Really? You're a yeah. I am. I used to be. I wish I could say I am now. Having three kids, it's a little hard. So they're quite <laughs> old. Need to go through them and, you know, pick out the ones I want to keep and, you know, styles change and stuff. But I actually was coming out with a line um, for something I was creating. So I was creating necklaces to pair with them. Okay. So, yeah, I would say half of these are my creations. Okay, well, they're very, very pretty. They're also just my necklaces, my regular necklaces, too. Okay, cool. So when you finally get a chance to relax, since we've been home with our children for, like, six months now, nonstop, how how do you get your peace? How do I get my peace? Um, That is what I'm trying to figure out, how to get my peace. We have been blessed up until now. Both of my uh, in-laws are, well, my father-in-law is a retired school teacher, but my mother-in-law is a school teacher. So they've had the summer off. Okay. So they have helped with taking the two little ones. I have a six, eight, and 16-year-old. Mm-hmm. The six-year-old pretty much just stays in his room. Right. But the six and eight-year-old, they've taken them um, quite a bit this summer, thankfully. So that's been the extent because, you know, we can't really... Do my go anywhere. So mm-hmm. we I've gone to dinner a couple of times with some friends and the beach. The beach is near. So mm-hmm. we'll have the beach. But we've only done that five or six times because everyone wants to come here for the beach. Right. So it's crazy. Trying to spread the cooties. We don't need the cooties. We don't want the cooties. We don't oh, want it. Jesus. So like how have you kind of been staying away from all that, like to keep from catching it? since like the beaches are crowded people trying to go to the restaurants now and the governor's tripping like how y'all been keeping safe staying home i mean that's really just the truth of the matter we stay home we have our we played more family uh game nights mm-hmm. we've had more family television nights mm-hmm. um and for the most part, I just try to keep it pretty stress-free. Like I have not, screen time has gone out the window. Like <laughs> there's been no limits on screen time. It's from the time they wake up to the time they go to bed, uh-huh. almost every day. And I don't feel bad about it. <laughs> you know what? We're here. We're here with that. Cause I feel the same way. It's kind of like, I want them to be like, no, you've been on your tablet enough. But at the same time, I was like, I need you to chill out. And I need to go chill out. And the only way I'm going to chill out is if you don't need me. So, exactly. yeah. I'm going to go over here and let y'all watch y'all cartoons all day. And just just don't ask me for nothing until it's time to eat. Just yeah. don't ask me for nothing. So, with all of that, we're going to close. So, tell us where we can find you. Where, what are your upcoming ventures? Where people can give you money? Or, where you know, where can we find you? What, what's going on the other side of 40? Like... Talk about yourself. Let's, let's go. Oh, so, so, so much right now. <laughs> so if you want to follow the blog and the podcast, it's the other side of 40.com. And I actually have an editor that my partner is the editor of the blog. So if you listen to the podcast and read the blog, you're getting different content. Okay. So you're not going to get, even though I upload the podcast to the blog, you also get additional uh, blog content there as well. And it's just the whole point of the other side of 40 is living guilt-free after 40, just living your best life, 
what not caring about other people's opinions and just trying to do what you want to do. Um, it was born out of my, I kind of woke up last year, I call it an awakening moment where I looked around and realized that I had not, I had many unfulfilled dreams mm-hmm. and it wasn't anyone's fault, but my own really. Mm. And it was, I had just fallen into life. You know, you do the day to day of taking care of your husband, taking care of your kids, taking care of the house, work. Um, but I wasn't really shooting for any goals. Mm. And I realized a lot of women have this similar moment where they decide, I want something different. And the biggest issue is having the community to support you through that. Because when you change, the people around you have to change. Mm-hmm. And they don't always like that. Right. So the, it's been a good venture. We're on our, I think we posted 16 episodes so far. Mm-hmm. And we're, it's gr- growing. So I'm very excited about that. I have a book call it coming out. Uh, part, I'm part of an anthology. It's okay. called, yeah, I just want to hang out with you. Mm-hmm. It's a story about moms and their teenagers. Mm-hmm. And I mean, the book is about moms with their teenagers and, you know, when kids become teenagers, they don't really want to hang out with you anymore. So (laughs) it's about, you know, our struggles. Some are funny, some are tear jerking. Mine is more just a really good story about trying to get my son to go to Hamilton. Okay. Uh, wanted to go to Hamilton. So our story is about a very convoluted night. (laughs) You'll have to read about it. So those are available on Kindle and you can reach out to me on my Instagram while I'm revamping my website. My Instagram handle and everywhere is the April Noel, T-H-E-A-P-R-I-L-N-O-E-L-L-E. And if you want to pre-order the book with my signature, I'll, I'll have some signed copies. If you put the, your information in there, I'll send you a link to pre-order. Okay. And, oh, and Other Side of 40 is Other Side 40 Everywhere. So the number 40, right? The number for other, 40. So other, the word other, the word side, no breaks, and then the number 40. And we're on Facebook, Pinterest, you know, all that good stuff. Cold beans. All righty, ma'am. Well, thank you. <laughs> thank you so much. Thank you for coming back. Thank you for listening to this episode of the F the Glitter podcast. I'm your host, Ashley of A. Louise Creative, where we shine a spotlight on women of color in the industry of graphic design, brand design, marketing strategy, and brand strategy. A special thanks to my guests for joining us today, and we'll be here next week for our next episode of F the Glitter. You can find us on your favorite podcast broadcast station itunes spotify google cast and others we look forward to seeing you next week